You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Welcome to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. I'm your co-host, Brandon Ware, here with my lovely other half, Dr. Jess. Well, hello. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm great. Thanks for asking. Mm. <laughs> I'm great because today we're doing a Q&A and I get to read a bunch of questions and put you on the spot as to what the answers are. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot first. I know you are. <laughs> We've been receiving so many questions and so many emails. And I want to quickly note to folks that if you can send them via our website, that's easier for me than through Instagram. I try to get to the ones on Instagram, but sometimes they get lost and I can't always get to them. So if you've sent your questions and we haven't gotten to them, please feel free to resend them via the website because I do try and get to them. And even if I can't answer them here, I try and send you links and stuff like that. But I've been having trouble keeping up with Instagram. And it's funny because, and I don't know where this message went, but somebody wrote me a message and I can't find it now. So if this is you, please resend it about how I guess I said something about... <laughs> not writing a five paragraph essay when you're sending me your questions. Sometimes when I'm here on the mic, I I feel like I'm just talking to Brandon and I think I don't always think about all the people who are listening. I don't, I don't mean to be selfish or, you know, unaware that this is in fact a podcast, but sometimes I think I just speak off the cuff, like the type of conversation I'd have on the couch or at the bar. And then I feel all self-conscious when people send me messages when they're like, oh, you said this. Um, anyhow, it's okay if your questions are longer. I understand that folks want to provide background. So I hope that that kind of off-the-cuff remark didn't make anybody feel bad <laughs> or shame them. And in addition, the person who just wrote that to me this week, I can't find your message. I think maybe it was in Instagram or something and now it's gotten buried. So please do resend that one because that's the one that I'm missing. And I just want to reiterate that I do really appreciate people's feedback, do appreciate your questions. Um, I try and read absolutely all of them as long as they're not just dick pics. I will not read a dick pic. I love how Brandon's whole demeanor changes when I say dick pics because I know what he's going to say. <laughs> really? What am I going to say? You're like, what would possess you? <laughs> I just don't understand why you got to go there. It's, it's, it always escalates, doesn't it? Don't, don't your messages usually involve something? Hey, I have a question. And then why won't you respond to me? Hey, where, where's my question? And then boom, dick pic. Yeah. Or I want to fuck you. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so we started a question, but those aren't the people we're talking to now. No, no, <laughs> no. no. Of course aren't. not. I'm just rolling my eyes at those questions. Anyhow, okay, let's get to it because we've got a bunch of questions to get to. Before we dive into the questions, just a reminder that tsc.ca, as you know, I have this show with TSC and City TV up here in Canada. They are still offering a very deep discount. So 25% off with code Dr. Jess 25. Uh, that's a big discount just because of the quality of toys that they offer because um, many of the other discounts oftentimes won't include some of the higher end toys. So I thought I'd just shout out very quickly. They carry the whole suite of Womanizer products, including one you may not know about, the premium Eco. So the Premium Eco is totally unique. It is the first pleasure air sex toy made from sustainable, renewable materials. So everything that they had in the Womanizer Premium, which was pleasure air technology that, you know, creates more of a clitoral orgasmic sensation, but it's made with bioline materials. So it's a bio-based material that's made largely from renewable raw materials, and it's an eco-friendly alternative to plastic and avoids, you know, environmentally damaging waste. You so, can save the environment while you get off. Exactly. And it has smart silence technology, so it's a really, really, really quiet toy to begin with. But when you 
pull it away from your body, it goes into standby mode. So it's not like running if, I don't know, you reach for the lube or change hands. You know hands. what I want? I, I want one that does the opposite. So everybody knows what I'm doing. So you know what? If you hear this... <laughs> This this snowblower going off in the in the washroom. Don't knock. So my dad will know. Yeah, just so we know exactly what's happening. Do you remember when you were you were running some sort of an electric toy? Oh, I just Brandon just gave me cut eye because he was worried what? I was going to tell another story. Oh yeah, we I'm got not, stories. I'm not telling that story. I'm that's <laughs> private for you one day. But you were running your uh, some sort of an electric shaver, and my dad was so curious what you were shaving because he's like, it's not your face. And then you told him you were shaving your balls. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't know. And I don't even think I, I don't, I use a straight razor. I just don't use a straight oh razor. I just use a razor. So Can you scary. imagine? I, I, can, I, I would castrate myself. But yeah, so um, if he's going to ask, hey, yeah. what's that sound? Hey, what's just tell, hey, shave my nuts. And that's why you want a louder sex toy. So Absolutely. you can say, it's my stroker. It's my, it's my, yeah, my dong pleaser. Uh, so back to tsc.ca slash intimately used. So tsc.ca is where you can save 25% with Dr. Jess 25 on all the Womanizer toys. And Womanizer has licensed out their technology to the ArcWave. So the ArcWave Ion is the penis version of the Womanizer. So the Womanizer has this little kind of opening that sits around the head of the clitoris. So it's sort of this indirect stimulation. And they've taken this technology with the ArcWave Ion and transferred it to a stroking device for the penis. So it's this stroker that has also a little opening on the underside. And that opening is meant to target the frenulum of the penis, which is the little connective tissue that holds on the foreskin. Or if it's been removed, there's still a little sensitive notch right there. And in that area, you have something called piscinian receptors, which are kind of similar to what the clitoris has. So generally, like the clitoris is just so hypersensitive and it has to do with those piscinian receptors. And so the frenulum of the penis is believed to have a similar response. So it, it's this stroker with that extra pleasure air along the underside to target the frenulum. And it's a pretty, uh, from what I understand, because I don't have a penis, a unique sensation. Now, you've tried the ArcWave Ion on your pickle. It's so funny because you're talking, to, you're, you said to me, could you give a quick description of what you think? And I'm like, you're using piscinian receptors and this sort of technology. And I'm like, it tickled my my penis. Tickled your pickle? Tickled my pickle. You know what I mean? And it Did felt it feel like good. a tickle? Yeah, it felt like a lightsaber on my penis. A and I lightsaber? Was well, I was just thinking about what how it actually looks because it looks very futuristic. Mm-hmm. I mean, as somebody who hasn't used a lot of fleshlights, what I can tell you is that I, at first, I didn't know exactly what I was doing. I had to read the instruction manual. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, the, the sensation was very different to anything that I had experienced before. It was fun trying it in different ways to figure out if I was using it properly. And I enjoyed it. It tickled my dong. All right. That's the word of the day. Okay. So the at tsc.ca, they also carry the ArcWave Ion and that discount code applies across the board. Check it out. Dr. Jess 25 at tsc.ca slash intimately you. And if you're in Canada, be sure to tune in to City TV midnight on Fridays for Intimately You with Dr. Jess. What, what? I don't know if it's the In the Butt episode. We already did the In the Butt. Oh, no, I was just giving you a shout out. But hey, I like where you're going with that. That was cool. Thanks, Charles Boyle. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's uh, let's get to these questions, Brandon. This is you, handing it over to you. It's audiobooks, questions by B-dubs. So first question, 
We have a listener. My husband and I have been together for 20 years and married for eight with two younger children. My husband had struggled with sex addiction for years and has sought help. Went to SA meetings, so I'm assuming sex addicts meetings, and worked really hard on rebuilding our marriage. In the last five years, our marriage has been the best it ever has. Our communication is amazing and we keep growing as a couple. We have been fairly open about sex with anyone and especially together. We have always tried new things, talked to each other uh, the best that we could, but since his addiction, we have become even more open and talk about everything. We've discovered a lot about ourselves and our relationship. We've decided to try some more risky experiences and fantasies. We put ourselves out on the internet and created some porn videos. We talked about the possible outcomes that there could be, and we were both okay and very excited about it. We did it for a couple of years and loved it. Our close group of friends came across it and it blew up. They sent it around to people that they knew and obviously talked crap. We knew that it was one of the many outcomes and I wasn't upset about that. I'm upset because my closest girlfriends had a hard time with it and now our relationship isn't the same. I never felt the same in what my husband and I were doing. I think that should say shame. Oh, I, I never, never felt, felt shame. shame. Yeah. I apologize in what my husband and I were doing because it was together and we fulfilled a lot of fantasies and kinks. But now that my girlfriends had a lot to say, it made me feel that I should be ashamed. I'm now questioning my intentions with my husband and I feel torn. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. I know that we are um, different and our close group of friends, but we really... Uh, sorry. I know we're, we're different than our close group of friends. Than our close group of friends, but, but did we did we mess up? Are we the only people that do this kind of thing? My goodness. Well, I think I just want to say congrats to you on getting to explore these things and doing something that feels good for you. Shame, we talk about shame from internal and external sources, and I think it's so cool that you don't experience internal shame. I think it really sucks that your friends are putting this on you. And it really sucks that it's your closest friends. And the like, you know, if I were your friend, <laughs> I'd wanna high five you. If I were a friend outside of this core group, I'd wanna say, screw them. I know it's not as simple as that, and I don't wanna tell you to write everyone off, but you know, your question when it comes down to it is, did we really mess up? And are we the only people that do this kind of thing? And no, I don't think you messed up. It sounds like you've created something incredible. The fact that you're saying you're more open and you talk about everything, that you're happy with yourself, that your marriage is the best it has ever been is something to be celebrated. And of course, relationships don't occur in a vacuum. Of course, you need other sources of social support. But I think this is on these folks to probably deal with their internalization and projection of shame toward you. Like this is probably more about their own discomfort. I hope that you're getting the support that you need from other people who will support, congratulate, or at least feel neutral about what you're doing, right? Like what do they do for a living? What do they do for fun? Do you judge them? And I think, yeah, I'm, I'm really sorry that you're going through this and I hope that you, you get the support. It makes me so sad, right? That you're saying I never felt any shame and now your friends are shaming you. And I just kind of wonder what kind of basis for a relationship that is and how like the world is just so anti-sex work. Yeah, I'm looking at this and everything you said makes sense. I mean, they had years of great experiences. Like I feel as though we're in, they're immediately discounting those years of great, you know, of fun, of relationship satisfaction. And now I'm also thinking about their friends group. It's like your true colors really do shine when you're under the spotlight. Like yeah. maybe the question is your friendships. Mm -hmm. And if they don't want to support you in this time, 
maybe they've got, maybe they're jealous. Maybe they have their own issues that they're trying to work through, like you said. Yeah. And you hit the nail on the head that this is really, this is about them. This isn't about you. So I'd be less concerned about how you're feeling about what you did and more concerned about, do you want to continue these friendships? And if you do, under what terms? Yeah. Right. Like, does it feel good to be around people who make you feel bad about something that you feel really good about? Yeah. Like anything that feels good for you, you want your friends to celebrate, right? Or at least support, or I guess at minimum feel neutral. I'm not, I'm not sure. Trying to think if if the roles were if I was in that situation and a friend's sex tape came out, I'd just be awesome, man. Good for you. Does it make you feel good? Are you happy? Well, I have so many friends who are performers who yeah. are on camera, and it's like I don't think we talk about their work any more than we talk about my like two of my other friends, two close friends. One's in finance, one's in in hospital research. Like, and then another friend is in sex work, and another friend is is more of a performer on video in in sexuality, and it's not like. I mean, I don't find one job more fascinating than the other, right? I'm just as interested in, in my friends who are in finance and re- research. And so I think we need to stop putting sex in its own own box and get over it. So really just wishing you the best, hoping that you still have this incredible relationship with your partner, with your husband, and that you can feel good about you know where you're at, regardless of how other people are saying they feel. All right, next question. Hopefully I'll read this a little bit better than I did the last. I am married to my high school sweetheart. We parted ways after graduation and then got back together 18 years ago along with five kids that came as as a part of the package and I love them like my own. Her last boyfriend mentally, physically, and sexually abused her severely. When we reunited, if I even raised my voice a little in anger, she would cower in the corner and cry, which broke my heart. She has parts of her body that I cannot touch because of scarring. Now to the present day, she has a voice and an and an opinion, but our sex life is boring and I'm trying to get her out of her shell and enjoy it. I have more enjoyment in taking her to the big O and want her to get past that to an earth-shaking or earth-shattering O orgasm. I have ordered a few of the toys that you suggested in a few of your podcasts and look forward to hopefully seeing her quiver. Do you have any other suggestions that might help her to relax and enjoy the moment more? Thanks, and I've learned so much from your podcast. I binge listen to it. I left that last line in there. I had to throw it in. Yeah, I had to read that last line too. Yeah. Thank you for sharing and thank you for ordering the toys and I hope they work out for you. So there are a couple of things here I might suggest. One is, are you also taking pleasure, right? So sometimes there can be a lot of pressure on folks who maybe are struggling to open up, or I think you said that um, it's a little bit boring, there can be a focus on her orgasm. And so I would think about, okay, what can she do for you? What would feel good in your body? And then the second thing, and maybe a more obvious thing is mindful practices. So mindful practices around sex. So not really measuring whether it's a big O or an earth-shaking O, but just getting to know your bodies a little bit more purposefully, a little bit more mindfully. And so that might entail doing just some breath work together, some visualizations. Um, It might entail doing some touch exercises like the hand caress and the face caress and the full body caress. Uh, And I have a course at happiercouples.com called Mindful Sex. And it's a video course with like 30 different components and audio guides and video guides that walk you through all these different, I'd call them explorations more than anything. And I think that it can be useful for people who have dealt with trauma. Um, It also can be triggering for people who have dealt with trauma. So you definitely want to talk about these things on an ongoing basis and in advance and while you're doing it 
in after. If you don't want to take the course, I would suggest you maybe just start with a hand caress. So take 10 to 15 minutes. You're going to get blindfolded or close your eyes and she's just going to caress your hand and arm for 10 to 15 minutes for your pleasure. Nothing sexual, not necessarily erotic at all, just for you to learn to take pleasure and for her to learn to give it. You're going to tune into the sensations, the rhythm, the movement, the texture, the temperature, the energy, the breath, the sounds, and just focus in on the, those five, the senses. Well, maybe not all five, but a couple of senses there. And then you can switch roles where she does the opposite. So she's going to sit there with her eyes closed and blindfolded, and you're going to give her pleasure in her body. And you're just going to use this as a way to practice being in the moment, to tune into sensations, to talk about how it felt. Like, how does it feel to just give pleasure? How does it feel to just receive pleasure? What was easy about it? What was challenging about it? What did you feel in your body? How did your breath affect it? Did you feel your heart rate? shift and those conversations can be really helpful just to cultivate more mindfulness so I'm giving you the very very truncated version and if you do have the time and resources do check out the mindful sex video course at happiercouples.com because you can use it over the course of a month or two and just kind of see where it takes you because it's very grounding I think and very calming to make mindfulness a part of your regular practice so I hope that helps and then you can eventually work your way up look at me just fast forwarding to the full body caress right to touching the entire body from head to toe for 15, 20, 30 minutes. And that's going to spread pleasure and awareness and circulation and nerve ending awakening across the body rather than just focusing on the hot spots that we tend to that we tend to focus on when we're when we're excited, right? I like that this person has really made their partner's pleasure a focus. But I also know from my own experience that when you when when I focus so heavily on, say for instance, your pleasure that it puts pressure on you. So for me, it's focusing in on also, like I know I want to please you, but I also think that when I have that in the in as a focal point, but also focus on my own, that you seem to react to my pleasure, which just kind of heightens both of our pleasure in the whole process. Yeah, it's it's a dynamic that, uh, and this isn't for this person, but I know that we've gotten into where I think that your pleasure becomes contingent upon mine. Hmm. I don't know if you ever feel that way. Yeah, no, I definitely... I would definitely agree with that. Like, and it feels, when I see it happening, it's off-putting for me. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you're not really enjoying it. You're just seeing what you can do to me. And I know that's not a fair kind of full evaluation of the situation, but that's kind of how I'm thinking in the moment. Mm-hmm. So when I see you waiting to make sure I respond in a certain way, mm-hmm. yes, it puts pressure on me. <laughs> and <laughs> and secondly, it also, it puts me out of the moment. It detracts from the... From the, yeah. Because I'm like, you're not doing what feels good for you. You're doing what you think you should do or you're yeah. doing what you think. And I'm not saying, listen, I don't want to take away from the fact that, of course, we get pleasure from creating pleasure for others or cultivating pleasure for others. But yeah, when it gets to that point, it has the opposite of effect. When yeah. it's like, I'm like, you want me to you want me to experience pleasure. I'm like, ah, oh, you want me to experience pleasure. <laughs> but now I'm not experiencing <laughs> pleasure. So it's like a loop. It can yeah. be this. And that's what I'm saying. I feel like, yes, you do want her to, or your partner to have this great O. Yeah, you're working towards that. But if you also are enjoying the moment, perhaps they'll respond positively and it will take them to where you want them to go without you just focusing in on it the whole time. Well, and that's sort of the purpose of like these different caress activities. It's to make sure that both partners can lean into being both giver and taker because being a being a giver, I think, is easier for a lot of us. Taking pleasure can be really, really hard. For me, it's letting go of control. Mm-hmm. It's like being like receiving pleasure is, I mean, I'm not in control because I don't know where you're going to touch or what you're going to do. And I, I mean, for me, that would be 
challenge. Trust issue. The trust issue. <laughs> I'm concerned as to what you're going to do next. But yeah, I think um, Brennan's right. It's great that you're focusing on her pleasure. And I think there are lots of different ways you can do that. And it sounds like you're already on, on the right track. So thank you so much. Thanks for listening and thanks for writing. All right. Next question. My wife and I have been married for 14 years and now we have problems in our romantic relationship. A friend of mine suggests that we go into the lifestyle. My wife is a little bit hesitant. Based on your experience and people around you, what should we do? I think when you say the lifestyle, you're probably talking about swinging. And no, I don't think swinging is a panacea, nor is it, you know, something that's going to fix challenges within a relationship. I think it's probably going to heighten or exacerbate for good or for bad, whatever you're already experiencing. So I just don't think that relationship arrangement, whether it's monogamy or ethical non-monogamy or a specific type of ethical non-monogamy like swinging, determines the quality of a relationship. I think it's kind of just one factor. So unless your problems are all rooted in, you know, not wanting to be monogamous, I don't think, and which they usually are not, it's usually about communication, it's usually about emotional connection, literacy, intimacy, all of those things. I don't think swinging is going to be a solution. So I think that, uh, and I've talked about this many, many times, so please go back and listen to the previous podcast on ethical non-monogamy and swinging, please. But certainly I know Tons of couples who are super, super happy who are swingers. Tons of couples who are super, super happy who are monogamous. Tons of couples who are super, super happy who are ethically non-monogamous. And I don't think that it is the relationship outcome that determines the quality of the relationship. Agreed. Agreed. All right, next question. My wife and I have been married for 35 years. We still have sex weekly, but it's rather routine. And though my wife always orgasms and says how much she loves it, I need a bit more spice. Decades ago, we enjoyed a variety, uh, sorry, we enjoyed more variety and had oral sex and even tied each other up occasionally and sometimes watched porn. I was in heaven. But my wife has become even more conservative. Porn is unethical. Oral sex isn't natural, etc. She's not totally conservative though. And a couple of years ago went to a clothing optional beach and loved it but only when we were on our own she got shy when others joined us in contrast i loved being with other bear folk to seek sexual solace I've kept a sex life of my own by watching, going on, by watching porn, doing tantric exercises, listening to your podcast, and the big one, writing erotica. In fact, I now write for one of the top erotic websites and have had 30 stories and items published. With our grown-up children leaving home, I'm trying to do everything to reignite our old sex life. But A, I'm finding it hard, and B, should I tell her about my writing? I'd so very much appreciate any advice. Okay, thank you for sharing this. Thank you so much. And for folks who are listening, if you want to send your feedback on any of these questions, please do. I think the hive mind is probably definitely richer (laughs) (laughs) and more learned than mine all by myself. So I think it's great that you've had your own sex life separate from your partner with Tantra, with porn, with writing erotica. It sounds like uh, you have a really good foundation because you've already done some of these things. The fact that there's been a shift in perspective on her part from porn being acceptable or even exciting to being unethical and similarly um, as it pertains to oral sex, I think it's worth having a conversation about why that shift has occurred and trying to understand like what makes porn unethical because a lot of porn probably is unethical (laughs) and then other porn is ethical. And like, let's also just say that Hollywood movies are also unethical in the way that they treat many of their low paid staff as well. So it's not just porn that's unethical. But if she can talk about what makes porn unethical, maybe you can look for sources of porn that meet your standards 
of ethics. So for example, I have a previous episode on ethical porn with Jet Setting Jasmine, who is both a performer and a producer and owns one of the production companies. And she talks about how in her porn, they chat with the talent, they chat with the performers to find out like, what are you into? What would feel good? What are you in the mood for today? What are your boundaries? And not only that, like what would really turn you on? What make what would make this scene really hot for you? Which of course underscores consent to, to be at the center of everything. So I think if you can have a deeper conversation about that, uh, you might be able to better understand where she's coming from and maybe find some sort of middle ground. Similarly around oral sex, about it not being natural, like, you know, where does that come from? Where do those messages come from? Um, Are those the messages that you want to carry, you know, into this next part of your life? Are those the messages you passed on to your kids? You said you've grown up children. So that's the first part. And then about your writing, I mean, I can't tell you whether you should or shouldn't tell her. I really hope you can. I really hope that there's a way that you can let her know that this is something that you like. Like even if you're not ready right away to tell her that you've had 30 stories published, but just talk about the fact that this is something that excites you. This is something you've been exploring. I wonder if there are any stories that you've written or even just snippets of a story that would turn her on. I was thinking like almost reading a story engaging their response, right? Like just an anonymous story that you found obviously erotic mm-hmm. and then seeing how they respond to that to gauge, you know, a little bit how how did how do you think they'd feel? Yeah, I love that. So I I can't tell you whether you should or shouldn't, but I really hope you get to because uh, congratulations, that's that's a huge accomplishment. First wow. of all, to get yeah. published is not easy and it sounds like an incredible outlet and like you said, your your kids are moving out, so you you've got to kind of reignite what you've got between the two of you because the focus is going to be mostly on the relationship, of course, I'm sure you have other people in your lives, but uh, yeah, I just I'm excited for you. I wish you all the best. Great. Okay. Last question for today. First of all, thank you for all you do. Your podcast a huge source of comfort inspiration and I'm excited every Friday to listen. Oh my gosh. I'm (laughs) (laughs) yay. Yay. All right. Folks, it is weird. I'm sure I've said this before. Like it's so weird to be talking and knowing that people are listening, but I never really it's the same thing. Like I'm on TV and I never really think about that there's people at home sitting watching. Like when you really think about it, it makes you super self-conscious. I'm like, well I don't know enough. I'm not now I don't know what to say. (laughs) No, so I mean it's really nice when I get these messages and even the ones that are you know constructively critical like I know that not everybody likes everything and I have trouble because I want everybody to like everything (laughs) maybe we'll just leave on that note as a reminder to think about you know whether there's something you want to change in terms of the balance in your relationships whether it's friendships or a partner so thank you for writing in with your questions. I hope we did did them justice. Folks, if you have additional insights on any of these questions, definitely write to us and we can share them on the podcast if you're like, hey, you guys missed this super important point on the question mm-hmm. related to um, the you know writing of erotica. Go ahead and send it and we'll try, do our best to share it. Of course, we do have a button on the website that allows you to record voice notes that nobody likes to use, but <laughs> would love to get your voice notes as well and, and share them on the podcast. So thanks for chatting with me, babe. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the questions. I thought they were great. Also give perspective into different people's relationships, Mm -hmm. which I think everybody is curious about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and their experiences. So thank Mm -hmm. you for sharing. Folks, as always, a reminder, tsc.ca, you can save 25% on any of their sexual wellness items with code DRJESS25. This is a, a really, really good deal because of the types of products. They're all included. I should mention that the Titra 
is also included in there. And the Titra is a device that is that helps you to work on incontinence, bladder control, lubrication, sexual function, and it's an at-home device using technology that usually was used in doctor's offices, radio frequency technology. So do check that out as well. It's all at tsc.ca slash intimately you. All right, wherever you're at, folks, have a great one. We'll be back next Friday and every Friday with a brand new episode. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life. Improve your life.